0: Welcome back to System Ministeria, where Python is a Neopet. I'm Brent. I'm a goddamn
1: introspective kompy koala bitch. And I'm a. Been... Okay, so tonight we nobody even knows how to respond to anymore. So you guys just don't. We even just say we anything. just go with it. You know, we're
0: just we just have to go with it because otherwise I, well, we're gonna. Bullshit. There is no response to I do it to get a rise out of people. A job just what just want to say, you know. <laughs> Why do you... Why do, you, why do you say stuff just to get a rise out of people, j Why do you do that? That's my job. I'm doing why, it for the fans. That's not your job. <laughs> your job is to be here and share your knowledge. <laughs> That's your what job. knowledge? Anyways.
1: So we're actually... Before
0: I get into our, our topic for tonight, we're recording this a day early for our schedule. Yeah, go cool Jathan, do you wanna do you wanna tell us why we're doing that?
1: Yeah, oh boy, this gets messy. Well, I'm I mean, getting on get an airplane detail, tomorrow. But there you go. That's all we needed. So basically, what we're trying to say
0: is our schedule is messed up because of Jathan. So everything in life is messed
1: up because of money.
2: <laughs> that's what my <laughs> that's introspection has taught me. That's,
3: that's what your introspection
0: that's has the yielded. The shit I've
3: ever heard in, in my entire life from you. Ugh.
0: Okay. So yeah, so tonight we are talking about Borg and Restic. We've talked about Borg before, most of uh-huh. we talking Resistance, about backups, when we were talking about backups in general, uh-huh. and then Jathan has once or twice, I think on air, mentioned Restic. Now, mm. we...
1: You don't think you have? I don't know if I have. I'm gonna find it though. I
0: feel like you have,
1: but I'm not... I'm an idiot I'm savant, and I'm saying no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... And if I the... Google Restic Cisadminous Trivia, it's not showing up.
0: So that's, that's a good... Well, shit. That's a good indication that we okay. So we have idiot savant it.
1: strikes again. Introspective. I don't think it counts as idiot savant if you Google it. Okay, but I remembered before I Googled it. <laughs> but and you I were, just searched our site you, for the word rustic. You okay? You also and it isn't there. You also said you weren't sure. Boom. Sysadmin, so. bitch. Sysadmin, <laughs> <laughs> oh bitch. I hate
3: this so much. I love
0: okay. you guys. Uh, well, I then I redact that we haven't mentioned it on the show before, but you're gonna hear about it tonight. Redact. I use Borg a lot. Jathan has used Borg, or Rustic a little bit and Borg a little bit. And Peyton has used both.
3: I've actually used both extensively since we started talking about it. Thank you very much. Okay. That's only two weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's it's because been, we it said it's been need a to... lot longer than two weeks.
1: I don't know about that. But... Max three, buddy. It's...
3: Uh, it's been three recording sessions since we first talked about it.
1: That might be true. First time Maybe. that he is ever right. I'm yeah. going to have to introspect. <laughs>
3: Enough <laughs> introspection.
0: Oh my gosh. Anyways, yeah. yeah no, anyway. I've been using borg for about I think two or three
1: years now. So yeah, you were using Borg before it was mature enough to use, um, in my opinion. And I'm pretty right about my opinion. No, but we'll, oh,
0: no. We'll, we'll talk about not that. We'll talk. Are. We'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, let's talk about it.
0: But not yet, because we've got some Shall other stuff to get through it? first. Oh, we've got we do some have other things to talk first, about,
2: right?
1: Yes. Oh, so yeah. First. Like yes, Python. What are we drinking? Right. Exactly. What are you guys drinking? Alright, somebody else. You go I'm, first. Right, go. I'm introspecting about my beverage.
0: <laughs> okay, while he introspects... oh my <laughs> You <God>. go, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a long night. I you am having the dirt. last of my Victory Dirt Wolf.
1: And that's it. I mean, I have wow, like that, a, that was it.
3: I have snap and I thought water that was here, gonna be those... like, the
1: way you said it, you had such like, vigor in your... Well, right,
3: no, I was waiting for have, him to say, I have Victory I, Dirt, I dirt I Wolf, that and 100%. also I have some rare, obscure... No, no, I do have... A Snapple, a
0: Snapple apple, Snapple, a Snapple, and a ton of ice water because it's warm in yeah. my room because I have computers going. Yeah. How much
3: ice water do you have?
0: Take it all off. I have. Uh, how large is this thing? This is a. Shut <laughs> <It's laughs> up. Pretty, thumb big. Thumb. It's pretty <laughs> fucking 64 big. 64
2: ounces. Ah. Wow, that's of that's water. a lot of water,
0: that's man. That is a lot, lot of water. water, man. I like yeah. to stay hydrated. I like to keep it real. Yeah,
3: clearly. Really?
0: But before I, I drink those, I'm gonna be drinking the Victory Dirt Wolf. What about you guys? What are you drinking? Paid and go. J- I, have I think Jason's still introspective. I have
3: absolute and I like it a lot. It's giving mm-hmm. me my favorite thing in the whole wide world to drink. No, I'm not a white girl because I'm drinking it straight from the fucking bottle, bitch.
1: I've seen that at a lot of sorority houses.
3: Well, fuck off. Okay. How <laughs> about that shit? Well,
1: I am I drinking drink your bag. Nika whiskey from the barrel. It is a blended Japanese whiskey. Uh, it's pretty woody. Tastes to me, honestly, a lot like an American single malt, but...
3: But does this taste woody shit?
1: I think it tastes a lot like a barrel.
3: It, it tastes a lot like Woody probably, Harrelson. It was probably made in a He would know. <laughs> Notice how would only
1: Peyton laughs. That's how you know it's not funny. You, you oh, come on. on. We're going to get a, l- a couple chuckles out of that.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, listen All right to DM show, us on Twitter if you chuckle. Yeah yeah, add us on Twitter. DM us on Twitter. No, don't DM us, just add us. No, DM us only if you
1: chuckle though. No. Otherwise you should be introspecting. Oh my gosh.
3: (laughs) Why? Okay. You I just want to tell you that you did this to yourself for four years now? How? Five years now? You started a podcast with this guy. Come on. (laughs) I, I feel like he got worse when you joined. I don't think
1: so. Oh yeah, I used to be real serious about this. <laughs> I mean, not real serious, but a lot more I serious. I only drank I Miller Lite. So. That's how you know I was being for real. No, I don't think
0: there's any correlation with that. But
3: <laughs> there's zero correlation with that.
0: Yeah, I have my doubts about that, Jason, but but yeah, no. He uh I don't know what it was, but when you joined, I guess he felt like he needed to be more silly. And now we can't stop him.
2: So am sorry. I don't think a it was your fault. I just
1: train to nowhere. <laughs> you're a train wreck, is what you are. <laughs> no, 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 Jay-thon.
0: Let's be real. Let's talk. Let's about be. It. Let's be real. Oh, you're, I should have
1: mentioned. I'm. I'm drinking a double of that in a mason jar oh because god. you gave me so much shit about it last week that I thought I should just do it again.
2: <laughs> oh my
3: god. <sighs> it was literally the worst hearing I, him talk about his I fucking double genital.
1: I got angry about
3: it was all just over again tonic when and I was typing up the show gen. notes.
1: I know. I. I no, got... it's not double tonic. I had. Double the amount of gin and double the amount of tonic. That's a double gin and tonic.
0: Okay, but why didn't you just have two separate gin and tonics then? Because
1: I was busy. I
0: explained pretty well how you could have done it very feasibly and in such a way where both would be properly chilled and you wouldn't have any melted ice in either. But whatever,
1: we're going to move on, (laughs) Jathan. Jetan. Okay, well, it's not my turn to move on. Somebody <laughs> else move on. We're we we moving on sure to. I'm sitting here waiting to move on. Where would I go? Okay. Tip. All right, we're we're moving on then. If All I'm right. a train wreck, I'm clearly not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, of they, conflict. They this move is a... why you need to introspect more <laughs> because you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you're having some kind of like cognitive dissonance right now. <laughs> I I don't. I think you need to go and spend some time alone. Perhaps take a nice hot bath. I've had literally like ninety percent of my. I'm recording week is the next podcast alone. from a hot bath. Oh, do not. So why? Don't. There's do no rules not. against that in our fucking manifesto.
3: We don't have a
0: manifesto, but I'm. We're going to
1: by next episode. We're going
0: to. We're going to.
1: It's gonna have one rule. <sighs> don't record J-thon in the code. bath, J-thon. Oh, you know what? Can I tell a cool story? Sure. Why not? We haven't officially started yet. What? Uh, I finally got a domain that actually matches my fucking handle.
0: I saw that. Like, I, mean, I, have,
1: <laughs> I had Jaredemacy.com for a while, but jthon.io is going to be my new like thing. So I'm rebranding. Gonna have to stand up a new email server, I guess. <laughs> <Branding>. <laughs> yeah, no, rebranding. No, you can just add a just add a virtual domain to it. <laughs> no, I don't like that because the rDNS thing doesn't work out right. Yeah, it does. No. You. Oh,
0: I right. don't even you care. Used... I don't. Calm down. Uh, you use postfix with virtual ALE... virtual with MySQL, right? Yes? Yeah. 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 You can literally
1: just add a domain and then. Okay, but what about the reverse DNS? Doesn't that get fucking wonky when you're fucking interfacing with other yeah, people's not servers? Really. As long good. as
0: your SPF is right, it doesn't really matter all that much these days. I don't believe you, man. JPhone? <laughs> yeah. How long have I been running mail servers? About six months. <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
1: Multiply well, that, that was by my about best 12. Guess. I d- no, no, no. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, in in any case, this doesn't matter right now. I would rather just Actually, have another mail an server at, because I'm going to phase out my old minions. one. Nobody needs to email me at the old one. Well, okay.
0: Well, I, I would recommend you, stuff. I would recommend that you still set up the
1: old domain at the new server.
3: Yeah, that app- that seems Absolutely. to make a lot of
0: sense to me. Okay. We'll the
3: smart thing to do. As there. long as I could receive Everybody. email there,
1: honestly, I'd be pretty happy. Sure. Yes. That's right. yeah. Hard. All right. We're okay. all happy now. Let's pa- move on. Paiden. Also, if you want to check out git.jthon.io, <laughs> that's where I'm going to keep my stuff now.
2: I would
3: recommend not doing that. I but will
1: link to it in the show notes. No, that's just asking to be compromised.
0: People hate me. <laughs> no, it's it's read-only. It's CGit. Yeah, you're assuming I set it up, right? It's <laughs> very true. Okay, sorry. Payton, let's actually get back on track. What is your tip? What tip do you have for us?
3: Welcome back to Just the Tip. I'm quite engorged this time around, so it might be a little bit harder fit. Python <clears throat> style. Python
1: <laughs> right. style. So right. we're going to talk about Jay-thon setting.
3: Fail. We're going to talk about setting user limits per per user memory limits. Let me get that all right. So basically, we're going to be using something called. We're talking about something called C groups now. You might ask, why not U-Limit? Well, U-Limit is terrible. It places limits on vertical memory usage. Apps tend to use more virtual memory than physical. Also, it's deprecated, and it's only per pen. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's why we're not using Ulimits. limits Okay? So, go fuck yourself. Don't use Ulimits. <laughs> That's not true. There's still
1: a
0: place for you Shut up.
3: This is my turn.
0: I mean, if you're on, like, CentOS 6, maybe.
3: Yeah. No, right. yeah, even right. on CentOS 7, I have a practical use of u <laughs> So... C groups
1: <laughs> to my environment
3: is a kernel feature that limits, accounts for, and isolates resource usage, basically CPU, memory, disk I/O, network, etc., of a collection of processes. It was first released in 2007 as version one. Mm-hmm. There was a new release in 2016 as version two. So new C groups going to go into slash sys slash fs slash c group slash memory slash whatever you want to call the group name. J thought was a dumbass is a good one. It's entered in bytes. You can move mm-hmm. one PID at a time. I, you could probably for loop that maybe, but, you know, be careful yeah. doing that. So you would just echo the PID, greater than, SysFs fs, cgroup, memory, group name, .procs, And then that will enable the limits that you set. You can create the groups on the fly, ad hoc groups on the fly. Regular users can even create a custom group. They can get privileged to do that. They are hierarchical. You can create as many as you like. To set a per-user memory limit, you would go, you would edit etccgconfig.conf, which, and so you would add, there's a little bit to add in there, not very much. And then you would go to etccgrules.conf and you would add in the user name that you want to put in, how much memory you'd like to give them, and then like their memory limit. This causes all processes specified by user to run inside that particular memory group. That has been just the tip. Now for the full Monty.
0: Right. Actually, I think that method of updating C-groups is deprecated.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's what I read on the webs, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. By all means, uh, we Jason, can... Jason, do you... That. I mean, I'll link to the Red Hat article. Okay. I think yeah, I so m- so might need a
1: Red Hat login, though. Yeah, the one I linked to now. So, here's the thing. The new way to do it... That is actually in Red Hat documentation, so far as I can tell. I just had to do this the other day, which is why I came up with the idea to give it to Payden. Is to all user processes basically create a user slice under systemd login d.
2: Mm,
3: Yeah, see, I didn't go over the systemd stuff because I wasn't 100% sure if that was what it was or
1: not. Unless you explicitly disable it, which as it turns out, some changes that I've made to my PAM configuration in my environment at my job it was disabled and not working properly. And I actually thought about burning my entire office down the other day because (laughs) for, for hours I I had, how
0: mad you got about it. Yeah, I was so
1: mad. (laughs) So for like hours I had the actual syntax, right. And I was doing everything right. The other thing that's really weird is like on arch, if you try to enable or start a slice, Mm. you get an error. That's like, this isn't a process. You can't Mm. start it. But on CentOS, they've bastardized the fuck out of system D and you actually have to enable them. So that makes a lot of fucking sense to me, and by that I mean it makes no sense to me. So the new way to sort of do it, though, is using user slices. So you create a user slice per user that you're trying to limit, and you have to basically put parameters in there to, you know, induce whatever limits you're trying to put on them, be it CPU limits, CPU shares, or memory limits, or whatever— so just be mindful, if you're on CentOS 6, what Peyton just mentioned is still totally valid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I did not admittedly go back and test if it still works on my version of CentOS 7. I can tell you it doesn't work on Arch at all. Interesting. So it is on the way out whenever it might actually hit CentOS 7, though. I think the user slice method, that one I did verify and it works, and that is the way I would recommend doing it. In addition to, honestly, it being easier, it just seems like moving forward it's going to be like more supported. So. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. You know, I mean, that's I'm all for
0: that. If I had to guess, I would say CentOS 8 is when they go yeah. forward with the... Yeah. Uh, that's how and they usually do it, with the next I actually, major version they Yeah, duplicate. I have
1: a developer access to Red Hat 8, so maybe I'll... I don't know if I'll be able to do it before the show notes are out for sure, but I could try, stand up a VM, and see if the CG config is completely gone or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, developer account... I don't think we mentioned this on the show. Developer accounts with RHEL are now free.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you can. I, we can all get access to yeah, Redhead Eight. Yeah, so you. And you can honestly, get... I would advise that we get access before Nick's craft so we can all figure all <laughs> the things out before he tells us how to do our jobs. Also, Wrong. probably don't yeah. listen to Nick's craft. but separate issue.
0: Yeah, no, he. We've he's bad. I have issues with the way he approaches things because a lot of times they are obsolete. So
1: obsolete or just incomplete in a way that he proposes doing something that you would never actually want to do in production, and it's just like. Wow, now you're teaching people to do something that's actually stupid. Good job.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: well,
1: whatever. They're just not good documentation. Don't use fucking Nixcraft as a source for fucking anything. <laughs> and especially don't follow him on Twitter.
0: Oh my gosh, Jason. <laughs> I
1: feel like that's unnecessary. That's <laughs> just, like, making it personal there. Okay, It is
0: personal. <laughs> no, it's not personal. The guy didn't do anything wrong with this. Although for April Fool's, he said he was going to block people. I think it was uh, April Fool's. I, I tried, yeah, I was like, "Block me, bro," and he never did. Honestly, I was a little bit disappointed.
1: I wanted to be blocked, but whatever.
3: Don't taste That's... me, bro. Yeah, I'm not even me,
1: drunk bro. yet. This is bullshit. No, well, we're, we're drink, getting there, bitch. Jason. We'll get this there. This is an inappropriate amount of sass for the amount of alcohol I'm bitch. <laughs> I think
2: drink we should up. graph
1: my like sasso meter compared to drunkenness. You know what I think we should do instead to make use of that sass? Mm-hmm. We should
0: talk yeah. about Borg and Restic.
1: That's tussle, baby. Okay so let's get some the way i plan to wait, approach yes what? but wait what okay do i get to put a disclaimer in before you just go off
0: nope well no let well, him put in a disclaimer what what's your disclaimer
1: nope okay i have used Restic more than brent mm-hmm.
0: it's true as
1: okay. such my role here tonight is to basically counter what he says about borg with regards to Restic. But if you were to actually ask me on a personal or professional level if I think you should use Restic, I would probably tell you no.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the thing we'll, is, we'll get into that, you know, more Yeah, yeah, after, but the thing yeah. is you're asking me to argue for something I don't actually believe in. This is like the American Revolution all over again. But oh, I am sorry. So, what?
0: <laughs> so my point the is The
1: American Revolution is My point like, is Okay, okay. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna going to explain I am going to try to take the side of Restic and point out its Strengths, and there are some. Do you? But do you, I am no, no. Shut up. But yeah. in reality, I would not use those strengths in an actual <laughs> argument that wasn't staged in an award-winning podcast. So that we okay, we're not award. But we've never won a well, single. Well, I got an award. Let me tell you. Somebody yeah. tweeted at me and said, "Here, this is for you." And it was a trophy. And they said that this was for podcast. I would. So <laughs> this is. I will podcast. go back and.
2: Uh, um. They, no
1: they never such... that never happened there, there Other right, whatever never you happen. tell yourself to help you sleep at night I think it was because I won the poll for best host <laughs> well, I'm pretty
0: sure it was bullshit
1: only like five people
0: voted anyways but what I was going to say Jaython is that literally makes you a devil's advocate that's actually how the terminology got started
1: yeah so that's why I'm Satan but no that's
0: not what that means the Catholic koalas church... are no, also Satan no no they're they're fine Jaython they're animals they can't help no it. they eat eucalyptus and they, they have they're um, animals and they, they have herpes
3: what, they is, just is have... it herpes or is it something else that's really
0: i don't know i've, I've never fucked a koala so i i don't know but jathan the, no so the devil's advocate thing started when the catholic church would hold basically court sessions to decide if they were going to saint someone or not give them sainthood and they had to have one person to argue against the case to make sure that it was a well thought out process and that person would be called the devil's advocate that's like the book cover blurb version that's there's probably some minor ac- inaccuracies in there but that's where the terminology started <laughs> you're
1: gonna get mad at me but um i'm not gonna lie i had like a minute where i was introspecting and i didn't hear any of that
0: <laughs> actually i'm not mad i just kind of expected no. at this point
1: <laughs> i just right.
0: i just kind of expect you to check out every once in a while
1: <laughs> yeah i have to yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to like myself up. let's just get to the top <laughs> okay
0: do you wanna go is first? A good episode, you... Oh, man. oh yeah. So Jason's gonna try and argue for Resc, I'm gonna try and argue for Borg. Payton's gonna try and come between and and but come from to. like the <laughs> Well, you know, I mean you you said yeah, what, like four pages of notes? I did not say four pages, I okay, said. Okay, what pages. if we let Payton do
1: a broad overview and then we fucking, fucking... So, Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. All right, Peyton. All let's, right. Let's hear your your two pages. So Peyton had not used either before this. Is that true?
3: Bull! Fucking fuck off! Shit! Yes, well, no. I just before, asked if it was before true. this <laughs> period
1: of three yes.
3: weeks or six weeks or wherever the hell. Yes, I used Borg before this. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. God, now, I was asking damn. a legitimate
1: question. And he jumps down my yeah. goddamn bubble You're well,
3: fucking legitimate question. I'm gonna shove up your ass. How's that sound?
1: That sounds weird.
3: All right. Uh, Great. Fantastic. All right. So first things first, I went ahead and I did, uh, I started with local repos on a external USB one terabyte drive. I used a CentOS seven laptop. I know. Don't say anything. Oh, whatever. Okay. So I started with Borg. What I did is I did the repo. I started the backup. I started at 1310 and I finished at 1334 and I did a pretty decently sized backup. It was a a total home drive backup, home directory Mm -hmm. backup.
1: How big is your home directory?
3: Multiple gigs. It's in the 10s or 20s, if not basically. Okay. All right. So, uh, but I did another, I'll, I'll get, I'll get into that. I'll get into another test I did here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, one of the things I noticed between Borg and Rustic is that Rustic automatically shows like what it's doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Borg does not. Like you have to tell it dash P for it to show it. Now it says that it's designed to do that, I guess, because it's supposed to be more automated than anything else,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but that's fine. Whatever. So
0: I think verbose does that as well. It
1: does, yes. And gives you a
0: report. Yes. As yeah, I don't know, know what
3: yeah.
1: dash p is. I use verbose.
0: So, uh, p is progress, so, I think.
3: So for borg you hmm. have to specify what you're going to what the name is for the backup. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rustic, you don't need to prompt for that. It automatically gives it an ID. Mm-hmm. Which I noticed. I like that. It told it told me errors, so you get ETA. I thought I wrote down the ETA here, but apparently I didn't. All right. So it also it looked like rustic did a dual backup. It had two Progress bars going to indicate multiple things backing up at the same time. I'm not sure about that. They both use.
0: If I had to guess, that might be file and overall.
3: No, they were they were the same. They were Like two files that were not the same, but like one wasn't like an overall file. One was like you know. Huh. I'm not. I didn't. It
0: I don't recall getting that in my test, but it's possible I'm on a different version. So
3: I wrote down how much I used. It was a 60 gig backup. Mm Borg used 44 gigs. I guess it deduped. It was a quick backup. Did you Mm -hmm. use
1: the default compression with Borg? I
3: did. I did. For both. I used default for both. Restic uses 54.9 gigs. Uh, It was much quicker than Borg and the backup.
1: So wait, just to be clear, which one was smaller? The archive.
3: Borg was. Okay. So smaller, not as fast. Restic was bigger, but very fast. So then I also did some research on how to restore, because one of the things you have to do after... You know, backing up is making sure that your backups work. So I did a restore. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like about Rustic is that you can mount the snapshot directly and browse it. However, you cannot backup follow links. You have to do something special, which I did not go into, but, you know. So then I was playing with flags, dash S for Borg. It does show stats similar to Rustic, but Rustic doesn't need the flag. And Rustic always seemed to back up faster than Borg did, even on multiple days. So then... Mm-hmm. There's the a last... reason for that, by the way, yeah, which I'll,
0: yeah. I'll talk about.
3: So then the last test I did, I did over SSH and I did multiple types of testing for that. First thing I did is I backed up my scripts directory, which was just 20 or so scripts in my home directory and a folder in my home directory. And they were actually pretty comparable as far as backing that up was. They did that pretty quickly and handled it all without issue. And then I created a 10 gig file. And what I did is I backed it up. And then I pulled it back down. I moved the 10 gig file out, pulled it back down, and I did a diff and a SHA-256-some on them just to compare and make sure mm-hmm. there were any differences. There were no differences. I then put the same file that I had initially created over into the RESTIC backup folder, backed that up to RESTIC, and then deleted it, pulled it down, and I compared the two files, both backed up files, they were the same. So as far as like a large file doing that, They worked very well. Like, the system just did it, you know. So, as far as, like, likes and whatnot, I liked Restic because I liked Restic for the things it did when you were in front of it. It didn't compress as much, but I didn't specify a compression. It felt like it was faster every time. You know, Borg, however, seemed to be meant for something that's automated and scripted. And I, you know... I would use either one. Like, at this point, I would use either one. Like, either one handles your goals. I do like the rustic ability to mount the snapshots. I did not check to see if Borg could mount snapshots, but restoring from a Borg snapshot is actually pretty nice. As far as, like, having to specify a name for the backup, that's kind of eh, but I get it. I mean, that gives you control over it. So, all in all, I mean, to me, they're pretty much tied. I would recommend either one based on your, you know, what you... Felt like handling, dealing with. They both installed super easy. They both came right in, no problems at all. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. So, I, I mean, that's me. I liked it a lot. I would definitely, uh, you know, definitely recommend both.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. to start with, the reason you didn't this is, see This is any the reason for two different things. The reason you didn't see compression with rustic is because it doesn't support compression at all.
3: Okay,
1: makes sense.
0: There is a GitHub issue. We'll link to it in the show notes, obviously. But it okay. doesn't even support it. Borg, Weird. if you specify the dash-dash compression, I believe that's... Mm-hmm. Jthon, do you know if you type it Gzip, what, 1? Gzip 1? Gzip 2?
1: I think the default's Gzip 2, but I don't really don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it'll, you can figure it out. But if you leave the compression flag off, it will do a completely uncompressed backup, just like RESTIC. So, I mean, that's... In my tests, I did both, so I could compare the, the file sizes. Mm-hmm. But... You do have at least that option with Borg. Now, in my test, I also did it with the highest compression, which means you're going to see them take much, much longer. Right, indeed, of course. Yeah, because it's an LZMA level 9, which is absurd, but, you know, I wanted to throw through the loops. So here's why I like Borg. It has a much wider maintenance base. Not not
3: the cool name. Ah, whatever. (laughs) Sorry. it's,
0: It's what, like one less, two less letters to type? But whatever, it has a wider maintenance base. They have more developers working on it. Okay, it is an older project
1: and in a more well-known
0: language, so that's inherent. well, Well, yeah, exactly. It's in Python, which means it's much more accessible. There is no public Python API yet. They've expressed interest in doing it, but it's written very cleanly, and the entrance points for all those functions and classes are usable. So you can definitely write your own... Interaction with it direct from a Python script natively, but it's not officially supported. So you're going to need to read some source to know how to do that. It tends to have features even before Restic does. Borg had append only mode, which is really cool. It, it only lets you add a diff to a backup, it doesn't let you delete diffs or delete backups, which is nice. It's a much more secure way. I was doing it in a very hackish way myself, but that is actually officially supported now, so that's good. Append only mode. Rustic now has that, but it took them, I think, a good six months or eight months after Borg implemented it for them to implement it. Something I really like about Borg with remote instances is you have to use SSH. I mean, you could probably hack together something else, but you, generally speaking, you have to use SSH. There's no other way around it. And that, it, that forces you to use a more secure transport, which I like. I like forcing users to be more secure. Call me draconian, but I mean, it literally saves networks so you know whatever and then the nice thing about that is they built in more they built in more support for various ssh options with restic if you're using the sftp mode or what do they call it the backend sftp backend, you have to actually specify a basically a profile in your ssh client config which seems silly to me but with Borging, you, you can set all that in an environment variable and be done with it which is nice so you know, as a downside for Borg, again, doesn't have its own API. So you would need to use if you wanted to have like a web interface for commands, you could do that with Flask. But you know, whatever uses the same binary, really Python script for both the server and the client, and it has multiple different encryption at rest models, which I also like. Um, it has. I typically just use repo key, which stores the key in the repo, so all you need is a passphrase. But you can use a, a separate key file got a lot of different options you can do it without any any protection which i don't recall rustic supporting it might i glanced over that i was not a fan of rustic it feels unfinished to me it feels very unfinished well it seems okay. like it's well, hold on hold on it doesn't i don't know it feels like it focuses more on the user experience, which is, you know, whatever. But if your product itself has some serious issues, and I found some serious issues, which I'll probably talk about after j gets to talk about, you know, the user experience means jack shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So that has me worried, and I that number one is is the big problem. Now, to their credit, you know, I I know I'm supposed to be pumping up Borg here, but to Ressick's credit, they have been working a lot on... Performance. They used to be terrible. Mm. It used to take so long. Like, we're talking orders of magnitude slower than Borg. But now it doesn't. In it my doesn't. tests, I tested with one Rustic instance via the SFTP backend, one Rustic instance with the HTTP backend, and Borg with the SSH backend. So, all of mine were remote. I didn't test any local backup repositories because. Chances are you're not going to be doing that anyways.
1: Oh, yeah. Payton, I, did, I didn't admittedly test any of those either in okay. anything I did. just so I, did, we're clear. I did a lot of tests and they were all remote. Yeah.
0: Peyton, I did want to mention that Borg with Python Fuse or Fuse FS plugin mm-hmm. will let you also mount your
1: backups as a file okay. system. Okay. So, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. So that's you can definitely Borg. mount and restore basically the same as RESTIC.
3: I mean, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've they're very similar. That. Yeah. I probably saw that. I just don't recall seeing that. But yeah. Uh, it does sound familiar. I mean, that's... Having that ability is kind of badass, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you now, know.
0: it's slow. You know, it's very Shit. slow, but that's, well, that's, well, that's a limitation. Almost all fuse mounts are fucking exactly, slow. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and doubly so when they're a remote file yeah. system.
1: Exactly. Now, the one thing I'll say is... Yeah, all right. Let me know when it's my turn. Okay,
0: um it's
1: gonna be yeah, a I'm, I'm,
0: I'm getting, I'm getting near, no I'm, I'm getting near the end I know
2: I'm
1: yeah and I think it's okay like you I didn't say a whole lot during your spiel here right, but right. you can interject in mine I don't really care I'm not anal, i'm, gonna, I'm gonna... <laughs> like you about my section
0: <laughs> i'm gonna no I'm gonna wait until you're done and then I'm gonna
1: actually share the test results today because they are interesting can you format them in such a way that we can put them in the show notes yeah i no. think so Cause I don't have compiled notes like you guys do. Okay,
0: yeah, I can I can probably figure something out with it, like a table or something. So, well, probably not. Actually, it's it's not really table friendly data. Whatever, we'll figure out something. We'll make these notes available to you. But I'm also gonna just provide you with test conditions I did so you can reproduce it for yourself. So it does have a basically an HTTP REST API for the HTTP backend, which is nice. You know, it lets you run some commands straight over HTTP. But they push it really hard. And I'm going to mention like two minutes here why I take issue with that. They also support SFTP, which is slow, you know, it's not piped SSH like Borg is, so some of your commands are going to be a little bit slower with Restic. But they really push that HTTP backend, but more than that, they push like cloud providers, cloud storage as backends, mm-hmm. which I think all of us I take know HG you with. hate.
1: Y'all, I'm going I to talk about
0: that. this though. I know. That is doing. absolutely one of my biases is like that alone puts a sour taste on my mouth about this is because how how much they whore Cloud storage. And the other thing that I will absolutely freely admit I have a bias against is it's written in Go because I'm a Python guy. We've talked about this on the air many times and even more off the air. We've fought about it in IRC many times. But I just like Python better in terms of operations. I think it makes more sense. Sure. So it's written in Go. And that also leaves a sour taste on my mouth, but it's not really a valid point of criticism except for the fact that it makes it less accessible a code base. That's really kind of the only limitation with that. It is not packaged for CentOS slash RHEL, so you would have to use the copper, which is basically, it's, it's like a gateway for third-party repos and packages. You would have to install copper and then use the copper yum plugin to install it, which basically is like a Pac-Man for RHEL. Would that be a good analogy, Jason? Mm-hmm. Payton? Have you used copper before? I have not. I okay. have not either. Okay. It basically builds it yeah, whatever. It's kind of like an AOR helper for your any Arch guys listening. Mm-hmm. It's like an AUR helper for Yum. And the REST server, the official server component, has not had it released since February of twenty eighteen. And additionally the docs for it do not match the latest stable release, just Master Head. Which is disappointing. You know, that is that, to me, is a little egregious. You would think your unreleased features would not be documented in the main documentation. But that's, I mean, that's just a point of contention. And that's it. That's all I have
1: for the initial... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want to touch on... I actually think this is not going to get as heated as you hoped. Because the <laughs> because things I'm going like to talk boring, about... Because like Borg, yeah. It's... No, no, no. I mean, I do like Borg. But the things mm-hmm. I'm going to touch on specifically... Mm-hmm. All right, did you cut out? Oh, there you are. No, no, sorry. I'm trying to like process and put this together and make sense <laughs> of like the order of it in my head. I'm introspecting. Give me, <laughs> give me a second. I was good. While well, we give him an, a second to introspect. Mm-hmm. So number one, you touched on. We talked about compression. Restic mm-hmm. has no compression. Borg has compression. Mm-hmm. In my tests, Borg has always come out ahead in terms of actual amount of data stored and shit like that. Interesting. Now, one thing is Borg and Restic both do deduplication.
2: Mm -hmm. The difference
1: is Borg's deduplication is limited to a single repository. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Restic's deduplication is across all repositories on the same backup location. Yes. So if you had a particular type of data, you could come out ahead in theory with Restic if that deduplication across many backups was fucking immense. I personally cannot think of an example of where that would work out well. I really want to run some tests actually at work because we have a lot of genome data right? which is like, Mm -hmm. it's text based it's a bunch of fucking letters I think Restic could be really good for that because it is faster and Mm -hmm. the deduplication across the stuff I think that Restic could come out ahead. And you have to weigh, right? Like, if you're doing a Restic backup and it takes an hour, I'm talking about, like, a huge data set. Mm -hmm. But your board backup takes 10 hours. Like, maybe using Restic is worthwhile in your case for that reason alone, right?
0: Mm.
2: Any
1: tools that we're talking about, you have to weigh. When it comes to speed with these things, I'm usually
0: more concerned about the restore, how long the restore takes. Well, integrity has to be number one if you're talking about Absolutely,
1: absolutely, yeah. I did not find, in my testing, integrity issues across either.
0: So I can't speak to
2: that. No,
1: you didn't. I did. I will. I'll talk about that when I share my test results.
0: That's some crazy stuff. I'd be
2: interested to see that because... Yeah,
1: yeah. Because this is something I... And they both have like a utility to check the integrity of your Mm -hmm. backups. So Mm -hmm. I have used those. I did not manually audit them outside of that in any way. All right. So the one thing I'll say is you also might benefit from not having the compression if you are backing up to like an S3 bucket. Which Borg doesn't support natively, but you could do with, like, S3 Fuse or something like that. But that's going to be overhead, yeah. It's going to be a lot of overhead. But the other thing about it is, if you're doing tiering on a service like Amazon, and you don't mind paying the cost of Glacier, maybe you back up to a normal standard level S3 bucket, but then you have something that says anything older than a week gets put to Glacier. Oh, we should deep dive on Glacier sometime. Yeah, we should. It's kind of a sham, honestly. Everybody should just use Wasabi. But anyway... (laughs) Uh, that's not true not everybody should it's another s3 bucket alternative yeah so here's what i want to say it's like i think that if you're trying to back up to an s3 destination and that is your intent or that's what you can afford or that's Mm -hmm. what you have to do for whatever reason there are benefits to using restic for that case because there's less human overhead to get it working if you were going to try to mm-hmm. do that with borg you would have to use s3 fuse instead of a hacky yeah no yeah I'll, I'll it would and it, it's not just hacky it's fucking slow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i have a specific use case at my job right now where i am backing a single file system up to an s3 bucket and i'm not doing it with Restic or borg to be totally transparent hmm. but it is hacky and it's fucking slow Fair enough. So I think there are advantages to Restic there. Those two places that I just mentioned. So one, if you have data across backups and repositories that is highly deduplicatable, which is probably not a word, or if you are backing up directly to a cloud provider, Restic has advantages over Borg that are clear cut and not super arguable.
0: Well, if you want that duplication across
1: the storage space, I personally right, right. would not well, well, uh, want it. Yeah. It, well, if you don't benefit from it, you wouldn't want it. But wh- wh- why? No, you I wouldn't not benefit want it from otherwise. it mostly either. But I mm, right, right. So you know that. But if somebody would has benefit, be worried,
0: if you need a forensically, uh, you yeah, know, okay. it, yeah, that's it, fair. It
1: plays around with that a little bit.
0: But yeah, yeah. Otherwise, for like ninety percent of people, that
1: would be a valid feature for them. So the other thing that I personally prefer about Restic, and this is honest, this is not me advocating for Restic. I genuinely <laughs> feel the syntax and nomenclature is better in Restic, I think. Really? I, I found think the, I found The command structure makes similar. more sense. The naming for repositories and archives and shit like that makes more sense. Interesting. Okay. That took me a little bit to warm up to with Borg. Mm. And I'm somebody who, like, my job primarily is, like, managing fucking data and storage. So, right. like, right. it's not like I'm a storage idiot. I'm just a regular idiot. <laughs> so, for me personally, the Restic like the feel of using the program and automating the process and running Cron. So I manage all my backups with Cron. I don't have anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. I am potentially exploring making some kind of Flask or Django project that manages Borg backups by okay. way of like a web interface for people who don't have the knowledge to do it. Otherwise,
0: I can help you write the, at least the backend. You do a lot better job with the front ends with Flask, but the yeah, back yeah. but I, can but I do think there's write.
1: value in having that because what I really want out of it. And I think Brent mentioned this in a different context, but mm-hmm. With both, this is a shortcoming in my opinion of Restic and Borg. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Like, if you have one host that's doing ten Borg backups, there's no daemon to manage them. There's no central yep. logging. Yeah. You have to interpret your own exit statuses, and you have to do your own integrity or, checking or
0: parse the verbose output. Yeah, 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 exactly. And
1: so that's something that I personally would like to rectify with a project that kind of wraps it all together. Mm-hmm. Oh, Borg
0: does let you log or report to JSON now, so it is a little bit easier to parse in that. Uh, sense. I didn't. I didn't see that as a feature. It's but pretty new. Yeah, I didn't well, go looking
1: for it either. So, I
0: mean, and it's also not like an a- API. But yeah, so it, it helps a little with the parsing of results Yeah, and reporting and stuff, but it,
1: it it's still, it's not interactive, you know, so. So what I would really like to see from both these projects is some kind of centralized, as much as I'd hate to run another daemon on my systems, mm. I actually would prefer it for this. I don't want to rely on Cron to do my backups, and yeah. Cron is very reliable, But it's the lack of centralized logging and integrity checking and the consistent reporting of both of these that Mm -hmm. I personally find that you need some kind of wrapper to tie it all together. The other thing I'll say is, and this applies to both, actually, this Mm -hmm. has not turned into me arguing for Restic. Well, you know, whatever. I mean, if if you're unable to do it, but... And you mentioned this a little bit, like, Borg forces you to use SSH, Restic Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily. And that makes sense. If you're using something like S3 you probably don't want to use ssh to connect to an s3 bucket. Right. If you are doing that it's through some crazy fucking abstraction and it's going to be even slower than s3 already is. Yeah. s mm-hmm. S3 is
0: its own protocol, right? Yes. Yes, okay. it's
1: a it's a protocol. So what I would say about either or both of these is that if you're going to use it by way of ssh, which is how I personally do my backups because mm-hmm. my backups are small enough scale on a personal level that I don't need to run any kind of separate stream or like processing like SSH works fine, mm-hmm. but you have to have the knowledge to securely set up SSH to accommodate backing up in this way, such that Absolutely. you don't leave yourself vulnerable to further attack. And I think that is another limitation. Like both of mm-hmm. these programs, if you read their man pages or their documentation, Zero or their, focus their homepage, yeah. right. It doesn't mention like, it really is aimed at like the average user. Like mm-hmm. you can use Borg today. And I think that's true, but I, I should, don't um, think. I should write a, an article on her. Absolutely. So we can do do, put it on. Because I, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. that, I had that up for Borg, and yeah, put something on the the sysadmin blog or even your dev blog personally, whatever. I haven't put my dev blog dev I haven't touch it
0: in, the, in like a year, but yeah, I'll put it on the sysadmin via blog.
1: So in any case, having the knowledge to create a secure SSH setup and scheme, and knowing how to properly secure something like Borg, like even as I was stepping through it the first time, I had it working. But I came to Brent and said, hey, how do you do this to make it mm-hmm. better? And he had feedback for me that I hadn't thought about or incorporated. Because I'm a paranoid fuck, yeah. Well, that is one thing. But you also, <laughs> like, you know, one of the things is making dedicated users and adding restrictions in your authorized keys file for mm-hmm. commands that can be run. Mm-hmm. I honestly had never seen that before. It's not And very the second time that I ever yet. saw it, right, it's it's almost never used. Which is The a second shame. time it's I ever so saw useful. it. Right. The second time I ever saw it was, like, yesterday when I was talking about Guido Lite. Guido Lite mm-hmm. uses the same thing. Yep. To restrict shell access for Git, Git users. users.
2: Yep. Yeah. So, which I, I don't also know. Showed
1: <laughs> the benefits to these, uh, again, it's hard because I really do lean towards Borg and I think that's better. Yeah. The places where I yeah. specifically mentioned Restic, if you're trying to back up to a cloud provider, especially by way of S3. Very strong. Don't there. waste yeah. your fucking time with Borg. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree Unless what Brent says integrity-wise is like a complete turn off to Restic. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that, yeah. So that's number one. Number two, if you benefit heavily from deduplication instead of compression, use RESTIC. Cross-repo. both Right, cross, but right, Cross-repo, yeah. In my case, I have not found an, a use case, and I really do want to try RESTIC at work because the data that I work with there is very deduplicatable. Yeah. still probably not a word.
0: Yeah, that's probably close enough.
1: Yeah, but in any case... If that's something you think you'd benefit from. And there's no harm in trying both. That's, you know, yeah. Peyton's been running yeah. both for the last fucking six weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Run both for a while and see which one gives you a better result in terms of archive space, And also evaluate the time spent running it every day and the resources used. And if you're not going to, you know, benefit, like maybe you save 10 megs using one or the other, but it takes fucking eight times as long. And that- you have to evaluate whether or not that's worth it to you based on the impact on your system, when yeah. you run backups, etc.
0: And both of those add up, both the time and the megs. It all depends on where, yeah, your environment and your organization's values are. If you can spend the time to spend an extra, I don't know, hour letting backups run, I do because for a lot of things, a yeah, lot of so our servers, I. I only run for once a day because the data is very reproducible. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. this is just for emergencies. It's very reproducible data, so I just run it once a day. Yeah, and I can afford to let it take, which is why I max out compression because for me, storage right. and is so alive. do I.
1: Yeah. And that's mostly because I, I'm like a space and memory consumption whore. Yeah. Like, but that's just me. Not so much space.
0: You're more about no. It is
1: because space is money, and on a personal level, I don't want to be shelling out fucking fifty bucks a month for my backups.
0: I remember us talking about space issues in the. Yes, I know. We're
1: not getting back into it. We'll link to it in any case. The only other thing that 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 nobody really mentioned so far Mm. is, and if you did, forgive me. Both tools have prune functionality.
3: Yeah. To trim was, yeah.
1: archives and snapshots. Yeah, I
3: saw that. That's in I, my experience, neither one that. worked yeah.
1: better or worse. They had very similar functionality. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're very similar programs overall. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'll caution you, not necessarily caution you on, but you know, in my experience, if I'm doing my snapshot policy personally is three monthlies, four weeklies, mm-hmm. seven dailies, and that's it. I only back up nightly. I don't do any kind of hourly snapshotting or backups make sure that you have that overlap there because mm-hmm. while I Borg is actually intelligent enough to leave you, you know, your weekly and your monthly sort of become one and the same. But yeah. as somebody who's coming from a ZFS snapshot world and a lot of common ZFS snapshotting and replication management software, if I were to have, let's say, three weeklies and, you know, a monthly, my monthly and my weekly don't necessarily overlap. So just always giving yourself that extra overlap, in my opinion, is better.
2: Mm-hmm. Did that's you, a
1: small. Did you see if that same smartness that's in Borg? Did you see if that? Did you see if that's in Restic or no? It mm-hmm. It is. It's pretty consistent across both. Okay. So good. I didn't. I'm not using them both for six weeks like Peyton. Did. Well, right, right. Yeah, we don't have. A... I ah. do still have at work an instance of Restic running. Okay. That's been for a couple months, and it works pretty consistently across both. Okay, got it. Cool. Anything else to add, either of you? No, this was a good discussion, though. The one thing I guess I'd add is I don't actually give a fuck which one you use. Just make <laughs> sure you keep backups. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, more important than anything is like having backups. And once in a while, restore a file from your backups, even if you don't have to. Yep. Make sure that your backups are worth a
3: fucking And make sure day.
1: you do like at least one file
0: test from every repository. Your yeah.
3: Backups.
0: Yep. Test your backups, but more importantly than that, do your backups. Yeah. Because you can't undo not doing a backup, but you can rel with a little bit of luck, you can undo a corrupt backup.
3: So the I feel like the automated or unattended backups feature for both is actually still you know fairly decent. You can you know set a cron job up or a script or you know what have you. Mm-hmm. And so I mean really there's no excuse. Like if you have these abilities, you have this function, you know you should yep. do it. You know. Yep. And the
0: naming for archives in Borg, by the way. So yeah, it does not su- support automatic name. Basically, yep. what Restic does is they assign a. a chunk of a commit hash i think like how git does with with yeah it seems like that that. it looks like it looks like it's in hex i'm not sure how they're calculating that maybe it's just part of the sum of the thing i don't know but it will assign an automatic thing you can also tag it with borg
1: you have to specify an archive name but quick i just do that, that with the date utility yeah is there a way in Borg to basically hold a snapshot to say even if I run the prune command, do not delete this snap, other than doing something on the backup destination like a change attribute. Like a chatter, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Again, this we'll is my that, experience we'll with the ZFS sort of poking through. Out. But in ZFS, we have the concept of a snapshot hold, and we can manually mark snapshots to be held, and they have to be released before they can be deleted by any other process.
0: Kind of like pin packages
1: in a package manager. Right, exactly. Got it. So we keep a regular snapshot schedule on top of that, but no matter what, whether it's fucking two years old, two Mm -hmm. months old, two days old, that snapshot until it's manually released by somebody on the system cannot be deleted. Got it. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but we'll look into that. We'll put it in the errata
0: so you can check there in the show notes to see if we find out if it lets you, if either let you do that. So that being said, I'm going to go into the actual tests I did. I yeah. was a little surprised, and I learned that Restic actually, like I said, has worked a lot, a lot on their performance issues. Now, when you initialize a repo between for Borg and Restic, you ha- always have to initialize your repos before you can use them. Yeah. This is where I saw some of that performance issue still existing. So if you init a Restic repo over the SFTP backend, it took 9.9 seconds. For me, for a remote session, yada, yada, yada. The HTTP, HTTP interface they have is 5.6 seconds. But with Borg, it took 2.3 seconds. So that's significantly faster. But that was really the only performance difference that I saw. Uh, you know, really? aside from Borg compression runs. But that makes sense because it has to compress it before it sends it, you know. Sure. Or or compress sure. it after it fetches it. Whatever. Yeah, so that was interesting to me. Was that vast of a time difference but it doesn't really matter all that much because you only need to init a repo once unless you like corrupt or totally break the repo and then obviously you need to recreate it but whatever so then moving on to actually creating the backups for my first test i did it with one file that was one gig i'll post the exact command i used to generate one gig of completely random data in the show notes but that's w, that's what random, i did it's, et, cetera, et cetera. Yep, DDF you random. Yeah, exactly. So I'll post that in the show notes if you want to recreate all this yourself, but it'll be in there. So when Rustic backed this up, the SFTP took one minute and 37 seconds. The HTTP took one minute 35 seconds. Just two second difference, which is that surprised me honestly. Oh, and I didn't do any tests over HTTPS. So there's going to be maybe a little bit of, of overhead there, but it shouldn't be too big of a deal because it, I think it's one or two transactions. So once that connection's established with HTTPS, it probably doesn't matter too much. And then Borg, just about the same, one minute, 36 seconds, right between the two. So you'll start to see this pattern where a lot of the times really just doesn't really matter too much. Oh, where was I? This, my notes file is huge, so bear with me. One minute, one thirty seconds. Okay, and then the compressed Borg. Yeah. This is where you start to see the huge time differences. That was five minutes, twenty four seconds. And that that's with the highest level of compression and wow. the most compressing com- algorithm you can do. That's LZMA level nine. That's insane. There's no reason you need that for production, but I do it anyways.
1: <laughs> so do I. Yeah, yeah. Because, because sometimes I'm a space yeah, Well, now, And to be totally honest, for a lot of personal use, your directories that you're backing up are not changing all that much. Right, right. Like exactly. my Borg backup script, I actually ran it while we were here just to see on my laptop, for example. Mm-hmm. It ran for like three minutes.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. fucking
1: trivial. Like you're mm-hmm. going to open your laptop at some point for three minutes. So find a way to reliably make it run once a day and call it good. Yeah, yeah you could exactly. use that. I would not use that because that's just a
0: one-time thing. But you can use Anacron. Sure. Which sucks ass. Or, well,
1: you know, it you use F cron. Or system D timers, whatever. Yeah, system D timers have been my most reliable so far mm-hmm. out of the three just mentioned. I started with Anacron, I was pissed off. <laughs> I tried F Cron, it was better. System D timers so far, best way. Sure and i'm not even i mean i do like system d but i'm not one of those like system d you know system knob d slobbers sucks.
0: <laughs> right so D-dank. so oh, here's here's the other interesting thing i also measured mm-hmm. the the size consumption on disk of uh, on the backup server that these took up so remember the origin file is 1 gig exactly 1 gigabyte that's 1024 kilobytes or 1024 megabytes my my mistake all of them are really close except for the compression which only varies a little bit Actually, I don't even think I grabbed the compression for that one. No, I didn't. Whoops!
1: That is a that's limitation. a snafu. That's a snafu on my you part. You better introspect. So,
0: <laughs> so anyways, so after these backups have completed, both rustics are roughly about the same. They only differ by sixteen bytes. That was a uh, one are you million. Calculating that just with du one million du dash s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One million fifty thousand two hundred thirty six for the http method or sftp method and then just 16 bytes less or yeah 16 bytes less for the http method. I would guess that's some kind of internal log that makes that difference. I don't know. But that's close enough where like 16 bytes that's literally like 16 characters of text. Who knows what that is. And then borg had a little bit more. It was again it was 1,052,844 bytes. So really not that much bigger. And, you know, in the show notes, I'll translate these to more human values, like megabytes or something. But I ran out of time before I could do that before the show started. So not too much of a difference. And again, I'm sorry, I neglected to check the size of the compressed format for this particular test. So whatever. So then I decided to do a differential, a diff. Mm -hmm. So I I used the same base. And then I... uh, What's that? I like differentials. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Sorry, carry on. So then I, and I'm going to also link to the script I used to generate this test data. Oh, these are, uh, what is this? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. No, I'm still on the single file tests. So then I basically appended, I think, 100 megabytes to the test file. So it's now 1.1 gigs. And again, very similar results 14.4 minutes or 14.4 seconds for the differential for SFTP via Rustic, 14.9 for the Differential via HTTP and then 17.6 for Borg. I feel like that was an outlier. I'm not, that doesn't make sense to me that that took so long, but whatever. So then I tested pulling the same backup of a single file, three minutes 56 seconds for the Rustic via SFTP, one minute 49 seconds for HTTP. So pulling down a backup for HTTP for Restic is a lot faster than SFTP, but about the same for pushing, roughly. And then for Borg, you know, pulling that back up was one minute forty one seconds. So it's the winner here, but not really by much. Only by eight seconds compared to SFTP. So that doesn't really, you know, not gonna make or break your day. Yeah. And then I wrote a Python script and I'll link to that Python script. I have a pastebin of it, that generated a ton of different subdirectories, and inside of each of those subdirectories generated a ton of other subdirectories and then in each of those subdirectories generated a ton of files each one meg in size so it ended up being one gig of overall space Hmm. for that whole set and that's uh you know via 1000 one megabyte files across multiple directories and, and stuff and the contents of those files are randomly generated text Because that, to me, was going to be much more representative of a real-life scenario. You're going to have a ton of different directories and all sorts of different
1: paths. They're all going to be different data. Now, did you... Yeah, so how did you account for different data? Did you generate some binary files and some text or like... So the first one was a 1GIG
0: binary file. These are all text. They're strings. ASCII strings. And they're all different. They're randomly generated. You know, they... Different line breaks and stuff. So they will... They emulate... Log files, they emulate config files, they emulate, you know, really that's the two main things you're going to be backing up, right? Logs and configs.
2: Mm. And MySQL MySQL
0: dumps are going to be text. MySQL dumps. You do not want to back up, do not back up varlib MySQL. That's going to be absolutely (laughs) useless to restore. Yeah. So I'm always back up my home
1: directory, which sometimes gets a little fucking wonky.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is going to be some binary data in there, but I would say by and large, most of what you're backing up in a server
1: environment is going to be text. Right. And this is one thing, actually, I want to point out. So mm-hmm. Brent and I, I don't know about Payton, Brent and I both use a service, a VPS provider called Backupsy. Mm-hmm. It is not the fastest. Their customer the service fastest. is not the best. Nope. There's no IPv6. There's plenty of downfalls. Nope. Yep. The one thing I'll say, because both of these do at-rest encryption, mm-hmm. I don't mind using it. Nope. And I get 256 or 250 gigs a month for $6. I pay
0: 75 for... Two or four
1: terabytes, I can't remember which. Yeah, I don't need that much. Right. But I could upgrade. So right, my point upgrade, is and they're if 6 dollars like a seventy-five percent off for yeah. forever. And I'm ba- I'm honestly backing up a good number of things. I have mm-hmm. two laptops, a desktop, and like eight to ten VPSs. Mm-hmm. And I'm backing up home directories, Etsy, a couple of other specifics, you know, like MySQL dumps and shit like that. In any case though, if six dollars a month is not worth it to you to have backups, you're a fucking moron. I can agree with that, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's, it's, I actually it's... thought you were going to say I was being rude, but... Nope, nope. I think, you know, backups
0: Dang. are super important. Oh, and let's we we have talked about this on the show before in terms of structuring your backup systems, whatever software you use. You always want at least one local on-site backup, one remote off-site backup, and then ideally one archival source. And we'll
1: link to the episode where we talk about these concepts. Yeah. Uh, because we go a lot more that, into detail, but... That we may publish... Mm-hmm. I'll say medium term before the end of this season, but not too long before we are thinking about a way to use some kind of backing credential store that everybody has access to in a way that you could securely exchange backups with a friend as your offsite.
3: Yeah, that'd be cool. So We're so
1: if Brent and I both can't afford $6 a month or don't want to pay $6 a or month. Or
0: just want that second
1: remote Or offsite. just want a second offsite, sure. Yeah, we're working to engineer and document such mm-hmm. that anybody can set it up a way to, for us to exchange or for two individuals. Right, right, it, right. And maybe we could find a, an algorithm or a way to do several.
0: Yeah, but well, it's a project we have in the back of our minds. We hope to have it finished by the end of the season. But
1: yeah, but it's something we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that is really to enable you to do a better job at your job or even mm-hmm. to have better personal backups, right? If you and a friend are in the same situation and don't want to pay for a VPS to back up your shit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, I understand that. I'm not in that position myself, but I understand it. That doesn't mean I don't want to help you have a better backup system for your own shit, especially you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a aunt or uncle. You have pictures of your fucking nephews or your grandkids or your parents or – anything whatever <laughs> right like I don't care what it is if you feel that it's valuable backup I want to enable you to have proper backup so you have what's important to you
0: anything that makes backups easier is a good thing in my book but
1: indeed so back to my tests
0: like I said I've got a thousand one megabyte files guys how do I handle this none of them are guaranteed to be to share any or at least some mutual data between the two they're all random they emulate actual system files some might Act like MySQL dump. Some Oh, and if you're running an LDF server, don't back up the raw data there either. Do an LDF dump. So, yeah. Same thing. Always yeah, dump to Just like to you plain already mentioned the MySQL dump, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Always dump to plain tests if you can because two reasons. One, that is data form. Those are data formats specifically designed for importing and exporting. And number two, you know, so obviously for backing up purposes, that's exactly what you want. And number two, they diff a lot easier. You're going to get much better diff results with that, which means you have smaller backup snapshots, which is always a good thing because they (laughs) take less time and they take less space. But anyways, so just keep that in mind. Now, the initial one I did, the initial population of these many files, and this one I did grab the compressed as well. Very similar. You know, keep in mind, again, we're backing up one data set collectively. That is one gig, but is this time broken into many different files, 1,000 different files. Pretty similar results again for the three uncompressed versions. That's a uh, one million twenty-six four-two-four bytes for Restic over SFTP, one oh two six three eight four bytes for Restic over HTTP, and then one million two hundred eighty <laughs> wow one million twenty-eight thousand three hundred forty bytes for Borg uncompressed. Now did here's... you? Yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. I was going to say, now, here's where it gets interesting, guys. I know. I'm dragging on. I feel like Peyton's about to fall asleep. I am not. Check this out. Check this out. I can hear you yawning. Check it out, guys. You ready? I (laughs) I thought I heard a yawn. Borg compression. Well, alright, whatever. Borg compression, because remember, text also compresses a lot better than binary data. Borg with compression, again, LZMA9. Yeah. Much, much better. LZMA9, again. The same data set one gig, you know, I said what it results in with the others, with the built-in overheads and stuff, is now 866,992 bytes for the compressed version. That's a solid what is that? 80... It's like a 78% size of the original. Which doesn't sound that impressive, but multiply that by multiple snapshots, multiple days of snapshots, multiple repositories, and it really does add up. If you can save, what, like, 27 28 percent of your total storage space being used for your backup server that's so great now again lzma 9 probably not worth it i probably would have gotten very similar if not the same exact sum checks uh file size with i don't know lzma 6 really anything past 6 you don't really typically notice the results of but you know again and it would be much faster but just keep in mind it does take more time but you got to pay for that somewhere. We talked about this for one you your 15 clams, didn't we? What? Deciding where to pay. Or was that an IRC? Where thing? to pay? Yeah. Pay? Oh, no, we did. It. We
1: talked about it when... Time, um, money, whatever.
2: Fuck. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm oh sorry.
0: Phil. Yeah, when yes, Phil was Phil, on. Yeah, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, two episodes ago. So we'll link to that as well. That's a good discussion. Same concept here. Do you want to pay in time or do you want to pay in storage space? Same concept. So the, the times were, again... Close. They were pretty similar.
1: And it depends. I mean... It does depend. It all depends on the data, how many files. It depends on the data. It's not just that, though. Going back a second versus paying and not paying, Mm -hmm. it also has to do with your own personal know-how and experience and comfort level. Sure. Yeah. I'm more willing to pay for something that I just don't fucking know how to do than something I can do. You're always paying for it, but you mean with money, right? Yes, and I know I stepped back just a couple of statements, but... (laughs) That's right, Right. we'll forgive you. I am sufficiently drunk now, too, so
2: everybody
0: should
1: have a good time.
0: Glad to hear it. It's
3: fucking fantastic. Took long enough. So then, breaking this
0: set down to sizes, and I know this is a little bit boring to get into, it's a lot more interesting when you can actually look at the numbers, I know. (laughs) Hmm. SFTP with RESTIC for this test run was one minute, 33 seconds. HTTP two minutes flat, basically. I mean, there was 0.071 seconds, but I'm rounding to the the lower second here. Borg uncompressed one minute, 34. So that's really close to the fastest RESTIC. It's just one minute slower or one second slower. But here again, and this is where you're paying for that compression. Borg compressed took four minutes and 53 seconds. So that's like four times the size for only 78%. Mm-hmm. For basically only Don't say like,
1: only, only only though. That's a big fucking
2: mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. No,
0: well, and that but that's what I mean. You're you're paying like four times the amount of time for only 22% in storage saved, right? So uh, to me that's a not a good ratio. But there's things you can do to tweak that compression level and things like that yeah. that can help alleviate that, but it's always going to be longer. Best I think you could do, ideal, would be twice the amount of time it takes with, I don't know, maybe like an LZMA-6 would probably get you roughly the same amount of compression with about half the time that took. But, you know, play with it. Play around with it because all data is different when it comes to this. So then I took that script where I that I used to generate these files, and since I opened the file in append mode, I can very easily... Add data onto these, add additional text as if, you know, log entries were added or, or new table entries were added to a database dump mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, so on and so forth. New directives were added to a config file. Right. So then I added one kilobyte to all of these files. So they're now one point, what was that 1.001 kilobytes or megabytes, you know, so just a, a small change, but a very big collective change. So then size results, this is where it gets weird, really weird. Not even interesting, weird. Just weird, weird. I can't explain these. So the SFTP RESTIC was 1,751,120 bytes. The RESTIC HTTP was 1,755,388 bytes, close to the SFTP. BORG was 1,903,876 bytes. And then the compressed version was 1,588. Thousand eight hundred forty-eight bytes. So you're still seeing wow. sizable, you know. Now we've actually yeah. gotten better compression over a larger file set with this differential. Now we're at about roughly seventy-five percent of the uncompressed storage. So you know you're seeing improvements, but again, Restic by itself, which is uncompressed, isn't too shabby. It's still a smaller sized decompressed. Thank you. Uncompressed. Whatever. What were you saying earlier? That one word? De-dupli- de-
1: Deduplicate. Deduplicatable. Deduplicatable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need, a, fuck we need backups, to fuck backups. They're a full of fake shit.
0: Sure. So these sizes were kind of weird, right? So that tells me that Borg has a lot more metadata attached to these snapshots.
1: Now, yes. Just out of the gate, hearing that without thinking about it too much, mm-hmm. that that sounds better to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think we'll see why. It turns out Borg tends to be more fault-tolerant, which is why it has higher metadata. So, you know, whatever. I didn't intentionally try and break anything, but you're going to start to see some weird stuff here. Again, in order, these are always going to be... So I don't have to repeat it every time. It's always going to be in order of SFTP RESTIC, HTTP RESTIC, uncompressed Borg, and then compressed Borg, okay? And I use the same compression level every time for the compressed Borg. So that is 1 minute 6, 1 minute 19 one minute 22 and four minute nine. So again, we're still kind of seeing basically the same amount of time to do a differential snapshot.
2: Yeah. Four and maps, again,
0: huh? Borg for the compressed. Yeah. But again, Borg uncompressed, very similar to the Restic results, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. I'm glad Restic fixed their performance. That used to be not the case. Right. But again, you know, we're seeing improvements and then here's where I broke stuff. you ready.
3: <laughs> this ready. is where
0: things break. So then I tested extraction of these 1,000 files. For Rustic, I just did the latest tag. I didn't bother with a specific ID. And then for Borg, you know, I just grabbed the, the last archive name I did. Yeah. So HTTP broke. Really? It was churning through. It took a long time. It was churning through the restore and it hit 13 errors. Wow. 13 errors. Something like nine of those were uh, maybe six, seven, something like that were ciphertext verification failed. That means the file is boned. It cannot be decrypted. It's gone. That's lame. That was, it's like seven or eight of those files. And then it didn't even find some of other some of the other files. There's no such file or directory present you know, in the backup.
3: I got that error too. Yeah. One of the times was I was using the wrong repo. So that was user error. The other time I was in the right repo mm-hmm. and it still did it. So I feel like... Was that with the SF- SFTP backend or the yes. HTTP
0: backend or local?
3: SFTP, really?
1: Because this was yeah.
0: HTTP for me, so this has me yeah. worried now yeah. because we've now we've now hit two no such file or directory errors right. across the two different backends. Right. So Restic is not looking too good here. Right. And that took three minutes fifty eight seconds. That was super long. Wow. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. And then the SFTP fared better. I didn't get any errors with that, and that only took a minute forty seven seconds. So. You know, maybe restore from SFTP with REST if you can. But again, beware of those errors because apparently they even happen on SFTP. Borg, no errors. It handled everything just fine. Again, because it is paranoid about that metadata. Quick question.
1: Yes. It is paranoid about the the metadata. Mm -hmm. But is it possible that Borg stumbles on the same things and doesn't output a message about it? No, no. Borg will always print errors.
0: Unless you specifically suppress them, and I did not.
1: I would be interested to see if you could try to break Borg in the same way and see if it produces an error or not. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even try to break these, though. That's what has me worried. (laughs) It it just happened.
0: But I'm gonna, how would I test that? How would we try to break that? We'll we'll come up with some tests and put it in the errata if we figure out a way to, to abuse Borg in that sense. Maybe delete one of the... One of the
1: hashes or something. That'd be an interesting thing. Like, how can we fucking break Borg? How resilient is Borg? Yeah. Because I haven't intentionally tried to break either, to be totally fair. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I haven't it. done I no didn't types have
2: to of with compare. Restic. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, well, exactly. We're going to try and break Borg. So natively,
1: Restic just sees you and is like, yeah, fuck this guy's data. Yeah,
0: yeah. Restic may be not the best choice if you have data that you need to restore which is the entire point of a backup but backing up i mean it was fast it was faster in some cases you know and borg actually had a much faster restore rate and that again like i said it's important because usually if you're pulling a it backup it's because you need it and it's time you know it needs to be done like now because something broke so that to me is mm-hmm. a lot more important when it comes to time performance both the uncompress uncompress unexpre- uncompress is that a word
1: uncompressed decompressed you fuck decompressed no 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 what it's is uncompressed wrong with you? no
0: decompresses it had compression and then you remove that compression you restored it uncompresses it never was compressed there's a difference this is uncompressed anyways uncompressed was it 1 was... minute 34 seconds and here's the weird part you ready the compressed took 1 minute 17 seconds to pull so it took less time to pull the compressed back up. that's
1: nuts now i'm willing to chalk that up to fluke because that makes no
0: Absolute. Right. Sense to
1: me. Well, it could be a better implementation of Fuse. Cause, no, because to be using totally Fuse. honest, what?
0: It's not using Fuse at all because I, don't, I didn't even install the. No, I didn't even install the plugin. Are
1: you sure? Absolutely. Okay. Well, maybe that's the thing then, right? Just natively using Fuse is fucking terrible. And maybe Borg or uh, not Borg, sorry, Restic should have fucking mm. written their own implementation of. Oh, they use Fuse, do they? I no, Restic. They I'm pretty sure Restic uses Fuse. Yeah. Okay. That might I'm not be... positive, so. We'll put a note in the errata. I'll yeah, look Yeah, we'll, we'll see if I we can figure that it out. I think that they use but... Fuse no matter what, though. Okay. And you know what? Borg does right now... I know for a fact Borg doesn't. Yeah, I'm it looking option, but... for rustic, I'm looking to see if it's a dependency right now.
0: Yeah, you know Go better than I do, so you'd be able to tell real quick.
1: Well, it's not so... even about that. I'm just looking on my Arch system, but at the same okay. time, I have Fuse already. So give me a second. You keep yeah. talking.
0: And also keep in mind that that depends yeah, on if it's like on. an optional depth and, and they bound it in or not on Arch. But yeah, okay. So that was really surprising to me is it it took the least amount of time to restore a, a compressed backup report That was LZMA 9 at that. That, it just
1: makes no sense. No, because... I'm... No, what? <laughs> Never mind. There's no chance of me uninstalling Fuse right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, wait, what? There's too I, many things happening. I was going to just do a, a Pac-Man QI rustic.
1: Check the dependencies. I don't have it installed. So hold on. Oh. <laughs> Not on this machine. Well then don't install it. Right Just do a patent no, 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 dash SI. It. Okay. I was going to say. You well, could all right. Check I could do right that too. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's fine. Anyways. Well, Jason's looking at yeah, it. So
1: it's totally relying on fuse. Really? So I'm, yeah. So okay. that's, that explains it. Fuse is fucking trash. It's great it for what it enables us to do, yes. but as an implementation and speed wise, it's fucking terrible. So
2: if you can, anytime implement... you
1: see something is using fuse, SSH fuse, S3 fuse, it's all fucking trash. Yeah, throw it, it away. Light it on all, fire. It's... Leave. Well... Quit your job. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> all that means is they were too lazy to write their own interface yes.
1: for that data. And it seems like Borg has done that, right? And you know so. to in be Python, totally fair, nonetheless, which is impressive. UI Borg, let me check. Mm-hmm. It is You'll... not at all dependent on Fuse. Yep. So I think it has a is
0: an optional dependency to enable it, but
1: that is not in this list. Oh yeah, it is. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it's not an optional backup. Backup. Oh, so Borg backups are actually mounted as a Fuse directory. Can be files. No, no, no. R. No, otherwise
0: it wouldn't be an optional to restore. Oh. Uh
1: Okay. I don't yeah. know. Like I said, oh my. I think it might be required for mounting ssh backups but local backups you don't need it if you well, right if you yeah yeah exactly i did not install it on my test
0: machines and i was able to restore just fine i'll put it that way backup and restore just fine without it so not a dependency with ssh ssh correct yeah but really and that's the other thing i know a lot more about borg internals that's the end of my test by the way so we can talk a little freeform here i know a little a fair bit about borg internals because i've had to hand fix maybe
1: one or two Repositories because
0: they can go bad. Fix you know, how?
1: Like, what does that involve? Because I haven't had that experience. That's like a genuine the biggest question. problem
0: you're going to run into with remote Borgs, especially if you have a ton of backups going at once, and, like I do.
1: Yeah. So I was going to ask better question. How are you auditing these and monitoring it? Like, how do you know that you have to intervene? I have reporting set up. I have a wrapper yeah. that I crawl See, on. we need to make that for the common people. Well, I have one in Optools. Uh, I mean, I, I could probably do a little. Oh, more I don't work use on your shit, improve, in Optools. But. Right, well, and it's not because I don't like it or anything. It's because I didn't feel that I would learn the actual like internals. Yeah. Yeah, the internals of Borg without doing it myself. Yeah. So So the
0: biggest problem we're going to hit with Borg is not really corrupt data, but stale lock files. If the SSH connection drops, in the middle of a backup, uh, the lock file is still going to be held open, which is kind of what you want. I mean, that's the purpose of a lock file, right? But it's not going to know to close that lock file, so you're going to have to go in and manually clear it. It's an rm-rf. It's a big deal. Not a big deal. You just delete one file and one so, directory. But... So
1: let me ask you this. If yeah. you ran a server that was like a VPS or a, you know something that was online mm-hmm. more or less 24-7, sure, would it be worth just making a cron job that removed the lock file many hours after you should be doing a backup. With, like, a find, like we talked about in last episode? <sighs> with a find, or even just where you know the lock file would be. RMRF, path to lock file. A knowing that you're never going to have a backup that's going to take fucking eight hours. You do it eight right. hours after your right. Borg command.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: Is that a failsafe for what you're talking about? Because this is something... There's yeah, two things, it, right? Like, I'm going to be way. totally honest with you. Yeah. This is something I haven't explicitly seen but mm-hmm. i also right now i don't have a central way to audit all my backups so i've been doing them by hand when i yeah. have time
0: and i have thousands yeah of repos, yeah it's it's so, different right
1: so yeah i have many repos with a
0: little data you have a couple repos with a huge amount of data so we've got very different environments but that's probably why i've seen it and you haven't because it's a very transactional based issue yeah <sighs> let me put it this way i'm not gonna say don't do it but i don't think i would does that I'm make sense i'm not gonna
1: say don't jump but <laughs> no, if you no, really feel strongly about this,
0: really, I think this podcast doesn't scenario. endorse suicide. No well, one no, it's, it's fine. Sweet. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm Brent kidding. Says it's I'm fine. kidding. Calm down. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, we're CC less. <laughs> they can mix that into a
3: <laughs> <laughs> into oh, a boy, soundboard. Man. Oh boy.
1: Don't kill yourself. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's
0: fine. Do it. Do it. Whatever. Do
3: it.
1: <laughs> no. Only please, if the integrity's there. <laughs> please, please don't kill yourself. All right. All right. Back
0: on topic. So with these lock file issues. And that's the thing, like you also need to think about like okay, like I probably wouldn't do it because I like knowing it happened and I like knowing it fixed.
1: It was fixed. That's uh-huh. that's my thing. So what's the fix? Just but, removing the lock file next yep. day the backup happens normally.
0: Yep, next time
1: it runs You miss it, it a day of fine. daily backups. Yeah. That's or it.
0: Or for my infra I run it more frequently so really it's another 2 or 3 hours and Sure. And That's fine. But yeah, you just miss out on one snapshot. It's not a big deal. Now, you need to think about what would happen, and I'd like us to experiment with this as well, and we can put it in the errata. I would like to know what happens if you remove a lock file for an active performing backup, and then try and initiate another backup. Hmm. I have a feeling the worst it's going to do is just bone that particular snapshot, but I'm not
1: sure. Yeah, I could probably try that. Yes. I mean, keep in mind, you
0: want to be shunting enough data to have enough time to to pull that off
1: but no i do it from like my work laptop or something it's honestly gets backed up in other methods anyway okay yeah so probably if you this is something to actually be mindful of Mm. i don't think that like contractually there's anything preventing me from backing up my work laptop to personal infrastructure Uh uh-huh but for a lot of people there probably is so don't be me
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't be Jathan. words of advice
1: yeah Also, if you happen to employ me, please turn this off now (laughs) and have a drink of whiskey. Or make your contract terms very clear. Or, yeah, do better. I don't know. (laughs) Do better. I love you all. You're so sweet. I'm drunk. You are so drunk right now. You're so drunk. No, I'm so so drunk. (laughs) so
3: drunk right (laughs) now.
1: Somebody's drunk here, and I just can't tell who it is. It's either you or me, and everybody's talking about it. I'm pretty sure it's you at this point, but... Probably. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds about like me.
0: I think I don't have anything else to say about this, unless you have specific questions about Borg internals, which I can probably answer, but...
1: No, I've had a good experience with Borg and Rustic. I've had a better experience with Borg. Mm -hmm. I continue to use Borg personally and professionally.
0: It just, it feels more production-ready to me.
1: That's part of it. Yeah.
0: And they have similar enough features, and the compression thing is important to me, so... Because I'm lucky, like, yeah, I, I don't have petabytes of storage. <laughs> <laughs> but that also
1: means I don't have to back up petabytes of storage,
0: too,
3: right? So. Hmm. I don't want to do that. That's for yeah. Let's move
1: on. Okay. Well, cl- this let's... was a good discussion, though. I mean, this is this is a long fucking episode. It is, but it's it's a good one. It so is a good one because, okay. and I wouldn't encourage anybody to take our word for either of these. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and Try that's why fucking I'm, both. That's do why I'm what, including all the honestly, commands I use to yeah, generate this stuff. On, Honestly, Peyton is the smart one here in that he's been just doing both. Yeah, And I think that's a good thing to do for not just a day or a week, but do it for like a couple of months. Do both. Do yeah, board backups. Yeah. Do Rastic backups. Restore from both. Try the whole fucking shebang, shebang, and figure out what works best for you, for your use case, for your environment, for yep. your needs, and use that. I don't care. And as take always, backups. try and break it. Yes. Yeah. Please, oh, it. i'm Sorry. It. The train is coming. Yeah. It's sorry. Here. What? Choo Choo-choo,
0: choo, motherfucker.
3: Choo choo cuckoo. Goo goo choo Goo goo choo.
0: Jason, are you the egg man?
3: Are you the ape Beep man? Poop. Ape man.
0: Egg, E G G.
3: No, it's Ape Man. Yeah,
0: it's do 100% it. Egg Man. Nope. look it up. It's Eggman. Man.
3: Ape Man. It,
0: <laughs> I can't tell it's, if you're trolling me or I not. I am
3: the Walrus. Yeah. I'm the Egg
0: Man. I'm the Egg Man. I'm the Walrus.
3: Ape Man. Ape.
0: No, it's Egg. Look at I'm serious. Look it up.
1: Skeebitibitibit. Doop doop doop. I mean,
0: he he wrote it on LSD. He's not gonna make a whole lot of logical
1: sense. All right, carry on. I don't know what's going on. Okay,
0: so he's not the Walrus. He's the Scat Man. Jathan, would you like to bring us some 15 clams to cook up? Yeah, JP. Dude,
1: I'm hesitant now because I think that this 15 clams is gonna get long. That's alright. We're it's gonna not edit all right, it down. Man. No,
0: it, this episode's gonna it's gonna edit down, it's gonna simmer down a little, and it's gonna reduce. We're alright. Okay. Plus our last reduce, like five reduce. episodes. So
1: of I've like, been You're minutes. gonna fucking laugh. This is like this is a Brent triggering specific fifteen clams. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, Peyton. I don't know how to trigger you. You're too chill.
2: <laughs> it's because it's no you're a dad, you're a husband. Never said that.
1: Brent and I so... are young, dumb, and full of cum. We don't have any of these things. Think, speak for yourself. You're not
3: full of cum? You jerk
1: off a lot. That's not good. not full of
3: cum. You're not so... full of cum? What, you snipped? No. Snipped, snipped? No, what? What? No. All right.
1: Let's everybody calm down. This is what I'm going to talk about.
0: You're going to fucking. not a cum guzzler.
3: Keep going, Jay Yeah, fun. You are. You, okay. you, no, so... you, you can be full mm. of cum without being a cum guzzler, just to say.
0: I don't have blue balls either. Jay, Jay, okay. let's
1: go. Listen. Listen. Listen, yep. Dad. I've been turning up at my personal place of employment, my institution, where I work, where I go, my day job. <laughs> oh my god, oh, I'm sufficiently drunk. I'm so drunk. Yeah. So I have been working on turning up Vault. If uh-huh. we talked about Vault like two or three episodes ago, we'll link to the fucking episode. Yep. The entire approach that you should take to securing anything is a layered approach. If one fucking piece of software <laughs> or one method here we go yep is flawed you should have something else in place so it doesn't ruin your whole fucking plan
0: i agree so far yeah is that it is that all you had is that all 15 clams
1: no okay but i've been trying to fucking turn up vault for password management primarily mm-hmm. I, mean, I have been going, going back and forth with brent about this <laughs> in a uh-huh. lot of ways I have been trying to take, like, a measured approach to password management. Keep in mind, I employ students who come and go Mm -hmm. by the semester, the year, the whatever. Brent and I have gotten into some substantial arguments about the right way to approach this. And so one of the things that I want to do is, like, I want to time limit access to my vault infrastructure for students to the hours of 9 to Mm 5. Because I know that no student is going to be working after that. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that it? Do you want me to jump in now and get mad? I want to know why you think that that's such a terrible fucking thing to do. Because Brent has given me shit basically saying the time-based approach is stupid. It is. That's a waste of your time to set up and get working properly. So why is that? Because I'm trying to take a fucking measured, layered approach to like security. My Fitbit just got really excited because I took a lot of steps (laughs) while I'm sitting here drinking whiskey. Uh Because I'm gesturing with my hands. I'm a fucking Italian. I was wondering why you were taking so many pauses. I guess you're just yeah. getting up and walking around. No, 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 no. I'm gonna do a video one time for you guys. I'll put it on my like personal YouTube <laughs> oh, so you can oh see boy. what I look like while I'm doing so the podcast. So I'm, like, to see that. I'm oh sitting gosh. here like a damn giant. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yes. so why is that a fucking waste? Specifically, this is my use case. Mm-hmm. I have student employees who only work regular hours during the week. hmm I want to time limit their access to our password store from nine to five, Monday through Friday, and that's it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Jason as I've said before, it's because you can never be sure about things like time. But it's,
1: it's always not on your side. reliable. <laughs> time is relative. We might find out tomorrow that it's all a lie. What do you mean you can never be sure? Time is Because always it's, it's not
0: side. something tied to an identity. It's tied to an environment, and mm-hmm. environments change a lot more easily than identities do. They do. It's not, not like combining a source host and a username. You're combining a surrounding condition. That's like saying, ah Man, I don't even know. If it's raining, then you're allowed to access the system. Or are you going to tell me that
1: you know for certain? You know, you can read the. No, no, no. I get reports, what you're saying. Right, right. But it's, but, but it's an unreliable. Mission critical services yep. are not reliant on students, in my environment. So at well, then why are PM, you
0: restricting it to time? Restricting it restricting? to time, anyways.
1: That's exactly why. Because if a student is looking up a password, it's because they're at work at their desk on the job. Okay why if i'm looking up a password it's Uh because something mission critical if i'm looking up a password at fucking midnight sure 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 no because something is fucking broken right i get it sure why do you feel that this that these users require that constraint what i would like to disable Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: maybe this is the wrong way to approach it you can tell me i'm not trying to enable a certain behavior i'm trying to disable a student sitting in class on a thursday afternoon on main campus right mm-hmm. outside the building i work in outside the purview of the group that i work in i'm trying to prevent that student from sitting in class on a thursday from siphoning passwords off to a fucking google doc
0: they're gonna do that during their a lot of time anyways i know that's you still think between, that. that well that's still between nine to five that. dude if you're gonna be siphoning off passwords which they should only have access to pastors that they should be trusted need, right. with. Anyways, I agree with but...
1: that. And that's something that's already in place. That's fine. Right, right. By the way, Vault has an amazing policy
0: system. So, you know, we'll, we can link to it if you.
2: Yeah. and... But and I think and, we even this, talk about it when we talk this about This discussion
1: but... is very purposeful and specific to Vault because it's yeah. something we've both been working with. Yeah. And that's why, again, Peyton, I feel kind of bad leaving you out. Yeah, that's but fine. But, like,. But, like, yeah. this is something Brent and I have honestly debated for, like, the last week in,
0: last like, week, a yeah. very
1: heated fashion.
2: Yes, you have. And I want to
1: bring it up
0: because— Maybe more heated for you. I just get frustrated when you keep asking me questions that you can easily Google. Well, but.
1: I hate when you're alive sometimes. <laughs> because I, I make you really great points, and then he gets mad that Dude, he can't. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah so, right. that was over the line. I hate when you're breathing a lot at regular oh intervals. Gosh. But if oh you breathe God. a little less often and it felt like a struggle, I would feel better. <laughs>
0: Actually, I'm already a pretty shallow breather. I need to work on that. But <laughs> okay. no, so See, typical. Brent takes something so this that's is, meant to be like calm down. It's okay. Clam like, down. This is my point, right, Chayton? Like you're applying restrictions that don't serve a purpose, and all that does is add complexity and obscurity. It doesn't add an actual layer of security. You know, like changing an SSH port isn't secure at all. Is not a layer of security at all. I mean, yeah, it's going to make your logs quieter, but at the end of the day, layers only apply for targeted attacks, you know? And if an attack is targeted at you and you have something like a time constraint in place, they're just going to go during the allotted time. It doesn't really make a difference. Now, what you really would benefit from is making sure that building itself has a specific subnet. I know it's not, but I'm telling you the right way to do this whether you can actually do it or not, is that building should have a specific subnet allocated to it for the internal network, internal campus network, right? Then you would restrict access to these particular credentials only applicable to use in that building to that subnet. That's going to be infinitely more useful than a time-based policy. Because ideally, the time-based thing, that should be handled by other methods. That's a physical presence kind of a thing. It's it's not a data thing. So you're going to want to test that with like things like key card access and check-in desks and things like that. And cameras, that's what you're going to want to address that with. Okay. Because that that's a physical thing.
1: I physically can control. Right? I understand or, or that. Or I'm telling
0: you the right way to do this. If you want to do this at all, because otherwise you're trying to use a policy designed around oranges for an apple. You know, you were trying to say, okay, like if this thing tastes, sweet then it's good but if it tastes sour then it's bad but that only applies nice. to oranges it to totally doesn't honest, apply to apples because they have both
1: Though, <laughs> i'm sorry what that's kind of how i run my life like oh this I,
0: seems okay that doesn't yeah. mean it's right though jason but you, do you understand what i'm saying like it's, no no, it's no a, i get it it's a different no realm, and that's and, and so
1: i'm asking for some genuine feedback right like yeah i understand that we've argued and debated and fucking irc yeah. capital letter I'm always I'm always
0: more bombastic in text than i am in person i feel like except for the pippy thing or the pippit versus virtual end versus whatever thing
1: that one i got heated about but yeah no, uh, so for so, the so, most part i'm more so heated like on IRC. my question is like managing the type of environment that i manage right for yeah. me and this is going to sound both good and shitty like for <laughs> uh-huh. me a student is a force multiplier If I can teach a student how to do one particular type of thing and I can pass every instance of that thing to a student, it's something I don't have to do. Sure. And they're gaining the experience, the resume item, and the ability to do it. And it's off my plate. I don't have to think about it. I can take a ticket, I can assign it to them, and they do it. And that's it. Yeah, no, I'm all about fucking great, Right? But here's the thing. So how do I make it such that I can have more force multipliers? by enabling a student to look up a password without compromising all of our passwords, such that every time I rotate a student in or out of my staff, which is Mm -hmm. roughly every four to five to six months, I don't have to reset every fucking password I have. So
0: keeping in mind, this is, of course, vault-specific, a vault-specific discussion overall. That you would do with a combination of policies and expiring tokens.
1: Yeah, so that's my question. So what is the right way to apply... A token expiry or something like that to
0: i would set token expiry to either somewhere between an hour or a day depending on how often these people are going to be checking these credentials
1: so i have a student who works every day that needs access to a single key value store
0: okay so then what you would do is
1: i mean really so i was do thinking thing, honestly right? a single Gen... token every day yep that was only valid for eight hours Valid for eight hours that they could use to log into the UI, yep. get all the passwords they possibly need, and yep. that's it.
0: Yep. And obviously, and, and when I say like token expiry and policies, I mean, I really want to stress the and because you don't want them having access to stuff they shouldn't know whether it's ret- no, ret- no, no, no ret- right. or not. And that's but the, yeah. the
1: password store that I have set up for the students, mm-hmm. which is explicitly a key value pairing or a key value secret engine involved right. to use their terminology. It's very explicit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's very explicitly only what they need. Okay, good. I've already taken care of that part because I recognize the importance of that.
0: Okay, yeah. So in this case, you're not you're not applying a... This is only valid between our X and our Y. Because there's a lot of issues with that. Like, we've gone over. Like, you've got daylight saving stuff to worry about. You've got... It doesn't really do anything because it doesn't... They could just come back the next day. You know? like Stuff like this. But if you have a token that expires... Like normal pki does yeah then you for sure limit that access because it is only valid for a period of time and that's different than a repeating window of time do you understand the difference between the two yes
1: but like explain okay. i guess so, so for periods, like for everybody yeah. else explain what you're saying <laughs> for, because for people who don't to- yeah yeah because <laughs> to be fair what you're saying is Fairly vault-specific in terms of a password or secret management facility. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so with time periods, it's X minutes, hours, days, whatever, because you want it to expire. You don't want it to be able to repeat. You want to have to force, and, you know, there's ways of doing this. Like, if they're coming in every day, you can obviously set it to gen a new token automatically from a service token or something. How you do it, there's, like, 15 different ways to actually get that token in place but no matter how you do it you want to make sure that it has that expiry because that yeah, is that is a period that of is time. a
1: huge piece and so something i thought of today right and like i'm gonna run this by you in it's mm-hmm. full and you okay. tell me what you think right sure i have a machine that a student shells into they have a specific command they can run that interacts with the vault api They get a one-time token that they can use to get passwords for five minutes. Sure. After that five-minute window, they need a new one-time SSH token. Okay. To get a new one-time vault token to log into the web UI. Like, that, honestly, in my mind, seems like a pretty good setup. But what am I missing? Well, obviously— Right? Like, if you can't find the password you're looking for in a single key value store in five minutes, you're fucking around. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Something you might be missing is SSH Keep session timing.
1: Okay, If you
0: weren't sure. explicitly killing that SSH session, that is a weakness there, but... No, no, no. You know, the so so my deal was that expiring, you couldn't get an SSH
1: so. shell... Your only command would be to run whatever binary or script I provide to get a one-time token. Okay, like set it as the actual user shell or... Yep, uh, exactly. So you you log in. If you provide no arguments, that's all you get is a response that is a one-time token. Got it. Okay, yeah. I like that idea, actually. I think that is a good way of doing that. See, that makes me feel good because I thought of that today on my own without you. (laughs) And I also felt pretty good about it. And cool. you know what, Dad? I fucking love you at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. It's a shame we don't know who Mom is.
2: Wait.
1: <laughs> I, what? I don't think your mother is. Uh, no, we, we know your mom. <sighs> mom.
2: Uh,
1: you we might do. know her. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't <laughs> know who we it turned out her. You well. are
0: way too drunk right now to be having any serious conversation. But that's why I do it. So, like, time as in, you know, like 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. is a
1: bad idea. Because it specifies Yeah, and and, you know, the other thing about Vault specifically is the audit log, Mm -hmm. which I didn't have enabled until today. I've been using Vault for about a week, right? Yep. I'm experimenting. Right now, we're using pass in a team environment. And I'm going to be honest about that, right? It has its limitations. It has its limitations. We all have access to a Git repository that has pass. There's some differential, let's just say, permissions available by way of a a differential pass in it. Uh huh. So, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't satisfy all the requirements I have. It really didn't accommodate our student employees, and that was my big thing, right? Like mm-hmm. my desktop support staff, who support a good number of people, they were having to constantly look up passwords and provide information to students on sure. sticky notes or through other means that could be,
0: which is the worst
1: possible way, right? Exactly. It. Yeah. Right, right. Have you considered... through other trackable means? Let's just say. Right. So my goal through using Bolt. Is to make something that's more accessible to everybody, but also more auditable, more restrictive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: more confined to the people that need, like, one-time access or a very limited access. Mm-hmm. And to be totally honest, Vault is extremely fucking accessible. And today, yeah. just today, like, we talked about a situation where I couldn't accomplish what I wanted with Vault, so I submitted a feature request or a bug report. Mm-hmm. I'll and link to it in the show notes. It's a good feature request. It's decent for j <laughs> i was
0: surprised i, I yeah. was proud of them
1: so the thing is though it's a relatively young project right now we're at version mm-hmm.
0: 1.1.1 and they release pretty often so that's they release pretty often it's, yeah. it's pretty
1: so, young so 1.1.0 1. was last week today yep. is 1.1.1 1. Yeah, exactly yeah i don't know what that means anymore <laughs> also <laughs> it's a patch level yeah yeah, yeah. so all but i'm saying like is like vault guys... Bolt, Bolt is absolutely mm-hmm. overkill for my deployment
0: I feel like it's overkill for most of its deployments, but the value it adds. But the value it adds, right. If you you need to
1: do something, you can do it with Vault. If you need to do something more basic, you can also do it with Vault. Let me ask you that. And so so this is my question. So number one, do you think Vault is overkill for my deployment? Number two, do you think I'm overthinking the password management aspect of my job or like what I manage? Yes. And number three, how would you do it differently then? Okay, so
0: Payton, what were you going to say?
3: Well, I just I'm curious how Vault compares to I don't know if you've heard of CyberArk.
1: I've never
0: heard. Of I've Cyber never heard Arc. of that. Okay.
3: Yeah. So. So. It's probably better.
0: <laughs> to be frank. Go. Okay. All
3: right. Carry on.
0: Yeah. So, at a guess, probably better. Um, I'm I'm sure CyberArk's probably been around longer, but. Well, Vault is backed by a huge fucking company, by the way. Ha- yeah, it's, it's by the same Hash-a-Corp. people who did Hashicorp. Yeah. Which is Vagrant Docker. Vagrant.
1: Yeah. Packer exactly yeah.
0: Packer not no not Docker Packer yeah exactly
1: yeah huge company.
0: What's what's that other one they have the, the console? Yeah
1: console. Uh, I haven't used that so I don't. I haven't either. But I know okay. uh,
0: Nasbig does. I know Nasbig's or is it Nasbig? No, no 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 it's A mayor Yeah okay.
1: Yeah what Fuck are Nasbig? What are the regulars? Oh no just kidding. Down. Just kidding. A, I love you. Yeah please. it. Anyway. Oh
0: Anyways. my god
1: he's gonna quit. He's gonna leave our IRC. Not... Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I've ruined everything. For Pete's
0: sake. Okay, calm down. All right. Now, these three questions you asked. Very succinctly, because we're almost at two hours here, and I know time we is are. an issue. but We are almost at two hours here. It's a very long episode now at this point, so I want to try and close it out. Which is But fine. it's a good discussion. It's a good discussion, so I want to have it. What were the three questions again? Very succinctly. <laughs> you forgot every single <laughs> I one know, of them. The last number three it was what
1: I would It turns out that I'm drunk, and I don't know what I said. If you don't. Right. Okay. So It's it, almost two hours in, though, so that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I know one of them is what I would do differently, and I think we've covered that. I've kind of touched on that each point along the way. Oh, and the other two were... Um, one was if you are overthinking this. I think that was question number two,
1: and I can't remember what number The one answer is three like with specific suggestions yes, for how you do it media. differently then.
0: Yeah, yeah. One and two were pretty similar, so I'm, I'm just going to answer two. I don't know what these passwords are to. I don't know what they're for. Okay,
1: I'll be honest with you. Primarily desktop systems deployed within our environment oh like workstation kind and of and user workstations and, and laptops okay in some cases ssh access to production whatever for like built for like
0: your distributed systems right yes like vms
1: your... that run specific services okay so that's the thing right it's like very varied in some cases that's that's actually part of the challenge and yeah. and i don't mean to say like this is good or this is bad or whatever but that's like part of the challenge right if it were just end user systems that weren't accessible via the wan in any case it wouldn't matter right but that's right. not the case
0: right exactly yeah i i'll put it i think you're stressing about it too much but i think it's good that well, you are trying th- this is to... the first
1: time that i've been trying to stress about something important <laughs> yeah, yeah, well i'm proud of you for that First like, time I, also that he's been proud of me. Give it, you know give what? It, I'm going to leave because I'm going to go have a good cry. But oh you guys all have a good night. Called, he's so drunk. No,
0: but realistically, like the... Drunk as fuck. I think you are overthinking it.
3: Yes. Right. I am, I dude. Agree. Yeah. Because you're, I don't... Majority of my it.
1: job, to be totally honest, like I'm so fortunate. And I've said this before, but I'm so fortunate so that a majority... Of, no, I'm not. The majority... True. You're all fucks. The majority <laughs> of my job is systems that are very specifically access controlled or air-gapped that Mm -hmm. I don't actually have to think about security as much as you do. Right. And so this is the first time that I've been very critically thinking about security and password management or secret management in a long time. And Mm -hmm. so it is something that's like daunting to me and very, it's different, right? My -hmm. day-to-day doesn't involve that. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, and I've noticed this. So, this you've is been... like a
1: very different thing that's out of my element. And it's something, you know, I'm interested in doing a good job for my current position, but I'm also interested in doing a good job to put it on my resume and say, I can do this and I can right. dream Look this up and I think did. this up and implement right, it. Right, 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 right. And that's important in its own way. Right. So, I'm
0: going to close this out by saying, you're definitely overthinking it, but not by much. Mm-hmm. You know, First I, I think time. it's. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I think think
1: she's pregnant, but I'm not sure.
0: I think more of your focus, really all of your focus, should be on policies rather than token restrictions. But I think it would be good to have time-based, have a low expiry for tokens in place anyways. I agree with that. Because you don't know when a student... And, you know, you can manually revoke tokens, but you don't know when the student will become, will get to a point where they should not have access for whatever reason that is. Sure. So it does help if you can narrow that, you know, to a certain validity of, a certain length of validity. Yeah. So I think I'm going to close it out there. Yeah, I can't remember your first question,
1: but it has gotten long. Yeah. I'm sorry. Brent's sorry. Peyton probably doesn't (laughs) know how to feel sorry. Well,
0: it'll, I mean, it's a longer episode. It'll probably cut down to about an hour 30, hour 40 yeah Uh, tops so
3: you can get rid of a lot of my
0: whatever longer ones but we've had regular episodes that went for longer so not a big deal okay so this has been system indisturbia i think this has been a great episode i'm brent i'm super drunk
3: (laughs) um see you you around. around. around